Hello and welcome to episode 291 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley. As always, I'm joined by Jacob. No Bryson with us this week, but the Blue Jays take a split from the Philadelphia Phillies. They win on Tuesday in a narrow 2-1 victory, and then they lose in more of a blowout on Wednesday, 9-4 to the Phillies. But before we get to any of that, Jacob, how are you? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, I'll just get right into it. I'm I'm not happy that they split this series. Like, I get it. It's two games. Like, you could either sweep or, or split or get swept. But, yeah, I mean, it's two, you know, very similar teams in terms of, like, positioning and all that type of stuff going at it. And, it's, I, I mean, the results necessarily weren't, I think, there, but there are a lot of good things that we'll get into throughout this episode that, uh, you know, sort of behind the scenes, but also at the forefront of it that are, uh, I think are going to make the rest of the season very encouraging. I'm a little bit more optimistic than you, I guess, about the outcome of all of this. It's a series split against a team that's pretty even keeled with the Blue Jays. You come into this series with very similar records, you come into this series with very similar outcomes this season in terms of offensive expectations versus offensive reality and you come out of this series with the series split to me that's kind of what you hope for right you win against teams that are worse than you you lose to teams that are better than you you split with teams that are the same talent as you and you just hope that you are better than more teams than you are worse than and so splitting a series against the Phillies against a good Phillies team even if their offense isn't totally there to me, that's fine. I'll take it. I'll accept it, especially with some of the results we saw in this series, which we'll get to. Um, I guess we can start with Yusei Kikuchi because to me, he's kind of the story of this series. And he's been the story of really kind of the last like three months of the Blue Jays season in terms of the surprise that he's been in the Blue Jays rotation. He started Tuesday's game, that narrow one-run win. He pitched six innings, four hits, one run, zero walks, seven strikeouts, uh... In that start, he tied the franchise record for the most consecutive starts with one earned run or fewer and four or more innings pitched. That's six in a row, ties him with Hinjin Ryu for the franchise record, and he'll be going for the new franchise record to set the franchise record at seven in a row in his next start, which will come not in this series against the Cincinnati Reds, but after that. Um... I mean, there's not too much surprising here. Like, we've been seeing this from Yusei Kikuchi for months now, going back to basically the end of May. He's been absolutely phenomenal, ERA under three over that span. Um, I guess the big surprise here is that it keeps continuing. Like, to me, that's the shocking part of this. Like, it was always a question of how sustainable is this, and the fact that he just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going is, uh, I think, the biggest surprise of all of this. Yeah, if you were to tell me that the Blue Jays' top three in the rotation was Kevin Gosman, Jose Brios, and Yusei Kikuchi, I would have been like, I would have assumed you were crazy. Like, if you tell me this this time last year, like, you look at the turnaround from him. You know, he had a career worst, I guess, season last season, and then you look at him. You know, the lowest ERA that he's ever had, or or um, off the top of my head, at least one of them, like a three forty four ERA going into uh, the end of August, and and it's not even as if he's had like bad starts and he's making up for it like he's I mean he's had bad starts but he's it's just been consistently good and I mean you look at the last game where he I guess struggled was well there was two there was July 1st and then July 6th where he gave up um five runs to the Red Sox and four to the White Sox and then even other than that like he may 
the 24th, he struggled against Tampa Bay where he was charged with five earned runs. But really, other than that, other than the odd three or four earned run game, other than that, he has been solid since the middle of May or since the end of May, I should say. And, you know, he's really working himself into, like, you know, one of the saviors of this team because obviously Alec Manoa's down again. I kind of doubt we'll see him again this season. Like, I know there's a possibility, but at this point, like, wh- what do you need? You-, you need him to have two good starts in the minors now? Like, he had the one and then he he clearly isn't ready. And, you know, maybe this just isn't his season, which is unfortunate for him. But, you know, he's he's definitely put, working himself up to be, you know, that, that even you know, dare I say number two guy, or even, you know, number three for sure. Uh, and, you know, you're thinking of a playoff rotation, you know, if you make the wild card, you make a division or further, this top three that the Blue Jays have, I'm very confident in it. Uh, Gosman, Manoa, or excuse me, Gosman, uh, Kikuchi, and Barrios. And it just, it looks like, you know, when you see Kikuchi pitch, he looks like he just, he knows what he's doing and he feels confident. And obviously if you get rocked, you're, you know, you're not going to have that confidence, but you look at him, he doesn't look nervous at all. Like, yeah, I mean, he's not the, you know, you're not going to smile uh, like a ton when he pitches, but he, he's, he's, you can tell that there are not any nerves uh, there. And you see when his pitches, like if they're breaking, they're breaking, they're starting in the strike zone, breaking out where he's commanding the fastball. And it just, it looks like he, it, he's just doing everything. He's painting the corners. He's got that velocity. Like he's got everything that he needs. Like he's taking that toolbox that he has and he's utilizing it to just the utmost effectiveness and it's just I mean even I mean you want proof of that you know he's getting you know in his last start obviously the seven strikeouts no walks six strikeouts one walk the first time I guess the last time uh he did walk three against Arizona but other than that he really has not I mean he walked five against the Brewers but other than that like he is you know, every single game, it's, you know, very little walks, very high strikeouts, very low earned runs and, and higher innings. Like you remember at the start of the season, we always talked about, yeah, he's probably a five inning at best guy. You know, once the top of the order goes around, he's out for, or for the top of the order for that third time. He is out now. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly surprised he was taken out when he was taken out in this last start, but he is now at that point where, you know, if I'm John Schneider, I give him as long a leash as possible. And you know, you look at, you know, you have two good lefties in your rotation. I know the Ryu thing, it, uh, there's a lot of things that could be, uh, that I think still need to get worked out there. He's obviously only been back for a couple starts, but you look at it, you got Bassett, Barrios, and Gosman, three righties, and then two dominant lefties, or, or at least two lefties that have the, the ability to be dominant. So it's a really good rotation. And even, you know, we've seen the graphics on sports at the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, really, where the Blue Jays, um, you know, wrote, uh, pitching staff wise have one of the lowest, if not the lowest ERA in baseball. And we look at it like this offense has not been what we expected to be. They're not hitting as many home runs. They're not really scoring as many runs in general as we thought, but they are still a very good, a very competitive team. And it is because of this pitching staff. And at the end of the day, I'll take, you know, good pitching over good offense any day, because it's like, yes, you still need, you still need to score runs. Absolutely. I know like that. Let's not, act as if a two to one win is, is, uh, is good. Like you want to, you want to score more runs, but I think that, you know, in the playoffs, if you're going to win in the playoffs, you're going to get to the playoffs. You need to have this type of dominant pitching. I just, uh, you know, at this point, it's not even as if I can say like, Oh, let's see how sustainable it is. How much longer can Kikuchi be this good for? This is who he is, at least for this season. So I think you just got to ride it until your season is over. And let's just, you know, let's just hope that this continues into next season.
I'm going to hold you to what you just said there in that you think good pitching is better than good offense. Well, ideally you want both, but, uh, of course, but like if I had to pick, like, would I rather the Blue Jays need to score four runs because Kikuchi gave up three or, or score five because he gave up four? No, but, um, I think I'll take the, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take good pitching over good offense just because it is easier to not have to score as many runs. I mean, you, you want to score runs, but I think it's just easier when the staff is efficient and then, then they're, they're giving the offense uh, the ability to do what they need to do. Okay, so no more complaining about the Blue Jays' offense and lineup. No, 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 I'm still going to uh, complain. I, I I'm still complaining. Like, it's atrocious, but... I, I will say, from a fan's perspective, you would much rather watch a team that has high offense than uh, good pitching because, of course, games are going to be more entertaining or at least more offense-heavy, more going on. Um, but that's not to say, like, yeah, I think I probably agree with you. And this is something that Bryson and I talked about in the last episode, but the Blue Jays are kind of like built for the playoffs. I don't think enough people are talking about this, but when you think of the fact that like, are you shaking your head because you don't agree with me or not enough people are talking about this? I don't know. Like I okay, see where you're coming from. Yeah, go, go ahead. Because pitching wins championships is that's the saying, right? Defense win championships, pitching wins championships. The Blue Jays have the best pitching staff in the league. Like, I'm not exaggerating. They're the only team in baseball with a pitching staff in the top five in starting pitching ERA and top five in bullpen ERA. They are the best pitching team in baseball. And that's going to set you up for success in the postseason, right? Good pitching shuts down good hitting 100% of the time. And so I know the regular season might be very painful right now, and obviously we have our... Uh, nitpicks with the Blue Jays offense a lot more than that most of the time but when you look at it like that when you frame it like that I think we could be looking at a team that just needs to get into the playoffs and once you're there things get a little bit easier I yeah I mean I, I agree with what you're saying it's just part of me I feel like the the only thing that I would disagree on is and I mean you can give your opinion if you want but I feel like when I'm watching this team it feels as if the offense is trying to do too much. Like, the amount of games over, I guess, the last, I mean, really the whole season, but especially the last couple, you know, weeks and months, I have just, you know, I'll watch that bat and I'll just, like, slam my hand on the couch and be like, why are you swinging first pitch? Why are you swinging at a first pitch breaking ball with runners wherever, very low amount of outs, and then you fly out? Like, I, f- I feel like the offense tries to do too much, and you see guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like I'm sorry, he's he is not good this season. Like I know he's he's above average, but like it, it to me it's a little bit ridiculous the lack of production that we're seeing from him. And then, uh, not to you know call somebody out. I mean I know what I just did, but you, you like I feel like when I watch this team, they're trying to do too much, and I, I don't know. I think the moment might get to them in the playoffs. I mean we saw what it did to them last year. I'm not even gonna bring that up anymore. But like they have the pitching and the defense to win a championship, but. It feels as if, you know, they're like, oh, we lost Marcus Simeon. We lost Teoscar Hernandez in consecutive seasons. Now we have to. Like, we have to be the guy. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of saying that. And, and it's, I think that's where I'm a little bit disagreeing or in a bit of a disagreement. Just because, like, if you're, I mean, we all were at the Jose Bautista game. I don't think that any, any of this current uh, lineup has the ability to be like that. Where they're clutch in the moment. They rise to the occasion. I'd love to be proven wrong. But it just feels as if whenever I watch any of these players offensively, it's like it's just a head scratcher type of at bat. And like sometimes it works. Obviously, Varsho hit that home run 
Uh, it was it was the first game of the series, but like you look at it and it's just it's so frustrating when they have a golden opportunity to score and they don't. And hell, like they even won. Um, what game was it? A couple of games ago where they won off of a hit by pitch with the bases loaded. Yeah, like, Tuesday's and, game. Mm, and like I went to a game, I think it was the Orioles, where they got hit twice uh, in a row with the bases Shintaro loaded. Shintaro Fujinami. Blue Jays <laughs> legend. Jays, yeah. But uh, like you can't be winning. You can't rely on that type of stuff to win. Like You need to be better offensively. Yeah, like obviously you need both going to some extent, but I think when you get to the postseason pitching – matters more than hitting does and again the saying like good pitching beats good hitting 100% of the time uh it doesn't matter if you you know allow one run uh but you score zero of course like there's obviously caveats to that and depending on who the Blue Jays run into they could have uh you know near equal pitching staff and then all of a sudden you're in a bind but I don't know I for all the frustrations that this season has caused us, I try to hang my hat on that. Um, the last question about the pitching staff, at least for now, that I have for you is, you know, you talk about where you slide Yusei Kikuchi into this and where you put him in this conversation of the Blue Jays 1 through 5. Like, where, like, let's have that debate. If you're ordering the Blue Jays rotation 1 to 5, where do you put Yusei Kikuchi? I guess I can go first. I think, like, I don't know. I think it's... Maybe a coin flip isn't the right word, but it's close between Jose Brios and Kevin Gosman right now. I think Kevin Gosman probably has a leg up even after you know he kind of blew up in this series and gave up seven runs uh, on Wednesday. I think he has the leg up, so I go with him as number one. Jose Brios is number two. And then you get another coin flip, I think, with Chris Bassett and you say Kikuchi. Kikuchi's got a better ERA. Bassett has pitched a little bit deeper into games. Um, but that being said... You know, you talk about the walks being down this season for Yusei Kikuchi. Kikuchi's walks are at a career low and lower than Chris Bassett's are this season. So I think all things being equal, I choose Yusei Kikuchi as a number three starter in this rotation. Uh, Bassett four, then of course, like Ryu, Manoa, that whole mess at number five. But I mean, just to think like where we were before this season and now we're putting, you know, I mean, first off, Jose Brios is a number two starter, but also Yusei Kikuchi is a number three starter. It's kind of a miracle, if you ask me. Well, see, I was talking to Bryson, the uh, the Jose Bautista game, because uh, Bassett was starting that game, and I made a joke to him. I'm like, okay, Bassett's starting. We're either going to get nine innings of no runs or uh, three innings of six runs. I feel like, you know, Chris Bassett, like, yes, he has the ability to pitch deep into games. Obviously, he has that that crazy arsenal of pitches, but... Might be a bold take, but he is not starting in uh, in a three or five game series. Like, yeah, you can still use him, I guess, in the bullpen if you need him to. I'm not saying that they would, but like, it's tough because you can't afford to lose games in the playoffs. And I think Chris Bassett is more of a coin flip than people realize. Uh, that being said, though, like, I think Kevin Gosman still is your number one. Uh, I know the offense doesn't really perform well for him, but he's still like, if you're looking at a team or a pitcher that you can bet on, you bet on Kevin Gosman, even if the offense doesn't show up. Like, they're not going to... I mean, they lost. You didn't necessarily pitch the greatest in the in the last game, but they're not really going to lose because of him. Uh, as for the rest of it, I feel like if I'm thinking of a wild card series, I would put Yusei Kikuchi second. The only reason why is because if you get to... Really? Here's So this isn't like my Ross Stripling take where I'm like, oh, Ross Stripling... Um, game yeah, one started, I mean, talk but, about terrible takes. But, um, no, that was not bad. But here's the thing. I would, I'd be confident with either 
uh, Kikuchi or Barrios in Game 3, but I'd be a little bit more confident in Jose Barrios. Either, like, it, it at that point, it is a coin flip, but I would still like to see Brios. Like, if you have to get to a game three, I'd rather Jose Brios. And then, I mean, Ryu, here, here's what stuff. I don't think we're seeing Alec Manoa for the rest of the season. Unlo- yeah, like, I highly, highly doubt it. But, so you think of it, you got Manoa, or excuse me, you got Gosman, um, Kikuchi, Brios, Bassett, and Ryu. I feel like Ryu is number five just because of the fact that he's just, he's just barely back from Tommy John surgery, but... I'd still be confident putting him <clears throat> putting him in like a, a game four or something like that. Yeah, I hard disagree on going with Yusei Kikuchi over Jose Barrios in a postseason series. I mean, they have pretty similar ERAs. Kikuchi is at 3.44, Barrios is at 3.53. To me, the difference is the fact that Jose Barrios pitches deeper in games, right? He's averaging, um, if you take it over the full season, he's averaging almost six innings per game. And Kikuchi is down at 5.1 innings per game, meaning five innings, one out, not... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, that being said, like, the first... Um, I'm trying to get... Quickly scroll down. Like, you look at the way his season began. Like, he went... We had a couple long outings, but, like, for the first... Yeah, like, he had a stretch of, like, ten, uh, nine of ten games where he was pitching uh, five innings or less. Something like that. So, like, at the... No, no, Akaguchi. Kikuchi? So, like, I feel like his his average innings per game is a little misleading just because he had that really short leash at the start of the season. But I think in the postseason, you're going to have a really short leash anyways. And to me, like, if you get Barrios, let's just take the season average. If you get Barrios out there for six innings, all of a sudden, you can pass it onto the bullpen. Like what we saw in game one of this series, you can go Garcia, Hicks to Romano, and it's game over after the sixth inning. Uh, to me, with Kikuchi, like if you have to stretch that into the fifth inning, all of a t- sudden, like you're talking about bringing another guy. So, like maybe Swanson and Ramada are your two favorite in the eight or nine. So then, you know, you kind of have to go to uh, I don't know Meza or Trevor Richards or like some of these other guys who maybe aren't quite as strong and maybe a good lineup can get to them in the postseason. So I think that's the di- like we're like we're grasping at straws here to find differences between these guys, but I just think the Blue Jays kind of trust Jose Barrios more where he is this season. Uh, I mean, especially considering his track record as well. Like he has a longer history of being dominant compared to Yusei Kikuchi. So that's why I would pick Jose Barrios to go in a three game wildcard series to go number two. And then you go with um, Yusei Kikuchi in game three. And yeah, I think Chris Bassett either like depending the way the schedule shakes up, he, either pitches like game one of the division series or he goes later in the division series or, you know, we may end up in a situation like we did last year with the championship series where you need to have a fifth starter in the championship series. We were in that situation last year. Of course, the Jays never got there, but like you can't rule Ryu out. And uh, I think either way he makes the postseason roster as a long man or in the rotation. Um, Almost like, um, remember Liriano in 2016? Yeah. Where they just kind of threw him out every couple, you know, they could do that too. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing him. In, I, I'd like to see him try that a few times in the regular season before you do it in the postseason. But yeah. Um, okay. One of the heroes from this series, a very unexpected hero, was Kevin Biggio. You mentioned him earlier. He got hit in the back foot on a slider from Sir Anthony Dominguez. He drives a run in with that, uh, you know, kind of just like clenched fist 
determination to stay in the box. Uh, whether he could have gotten out of the way of that pitch, who knows, but he scores a winning run for the Jays. And then in Wednesday's game, he goes two for four, two RBI. Uh, you mentioned Varsho. Varsho also had a good game. He had a two-run homer as well as a walk. But Biggio, kind of the surprise guy, and he's sparking this giant conversation over who the Blue Jays send down when Bo Bichette is back. And Bo Bichette will be back very soon, potentially by tomorrow night. He's playing right now in, in uh, AAA with the Buffalo Bisons. He had a home run. He was starting a shortstop yesterday. On Wednesday, he went two for three with a run scored. He started at DH. He is on the verge of returning. This is a conversation we're going to be having. It's a separate question of who is going to go down and who should go down. Who is going to go down? I think that's uh, our dear friend, Davis Schneider. He's been around for a very short amount of time. He had an amazing opening weekend, but all good things must come to an end, and it seems like he's kind of lost his mojo a bit. I mentioned previously I loved the walks that he was taking, his patience at the plate and the way he was working at bats, and he's continued that to an extent, but I just don't think we've seen the offense. We need to see out of him. I don't think the Blue Jays have gotten what they want to get out of him, at least for the time being, right? Like, this is a guy who's still in his first, what, 20 major league games? Like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. To me, this is a guy that's going down. Who should go down? That's Santiago Espinal. And I have a feeling you're going to say the same thing. Uh, Santiago Espinal didn't have a great series. He hasn't been great offensively all season. He has been great defensively all season. He had a defensive miscue in this series. And so, I don't know. I just have a hard time convincing myself that anyone else should go down. Like, I guess, like, Paul DeYoung is in the conversation of should Certainly, he will never go down this season uh, just because of, you know, obviously the Blue Jays trade for this guy. He's an important guy to this team, uh, and he's under team control, assuming they pick up his option. And so, uh, like, he's not going down. I think Espinal should go down, but I think it will be Schneider. Yeah, it uh, it hurts my soul to say this. You could still say Biggio, by the way. Like, you could you could still say he deserves to get sent down. No, no, no. I, I mean... It hurts my soul to say this, but Espinal is probably the one that deserves to go down. Um, it's he, he's you Mr. know All Star Espinal. Yeah, it's tough. Like to be fair, like the emergence of Whit Merrifield really cut his playing time down, and then he went from being like a. I mean, you think of twenty twenty one when they didn't have Matt Chapman. He was playing pretty much every day. Last season, his playing time was cut short, uh, or short a little bit. And then obviously this season, Merrifield, you're not taking him out of the lineup. Farshall's defense is too good. You still find a way to keep him in. Even Brandon Belt too. Like, it's just I feel like, you know, it, it, it's an unfortunate situation. But at the same time, you know, it, I don't blame him for, for the for the I don't want to call it a downfall, but the the lack of. Uh, or the decrease in performance, but he is not one of your best guys right now, I guess is the best way to put it. And it will probably be Dave, David Schneider. I do think that it's should be Espinal. Um, you know, I hate to say this, but I kind of had a feeling this would happen with David Schneider. Like he was going to, you know, regress a little bit. Obviously you're not going to hit a lifetime average of like 687, whatever it was after the first couple games, but he's had uh, since the 6th of August. So since that, you know, that Red Sox series, he's had one hit in, I can't do quick math, but in like 25 something at bats. Um, so, you know, it is like, it, it's unfortunate, but I think it's fair to say that like you, you get called up when a star player goes down uh, with an injury, unless you, you know, keep up this performance or at least, you know, you're, you're consistently getting hits. You kind of had to knew that this was a thing where he's going to get sent down. Like, 
I feel bad for him, but at the same time, like it's not the end of the world, like or it's not the end of the uh, of the t- of his uh, tenure with this team. Like he will probably be up, um, you know, maybe again this season, maybe you know next season, something like that. But I do think it will probably be uh, Davis Schneider. I don't think that they want to get rid of Espinal, even though he's you know I hate to say it, but he isn't the best option that they have right now. Uh, I will definitely eat my words with this whole Kevin Bijou thing because I, I mean, it's obviously documented for I don't even know how many like the past three four years I have ripped this guy to shreds and uh he's performing a lot better I mean he he was in what he was fourth or fifth uh in the offense or in the order last night uh, last game against the Phillies like he's working himself into much more of an important role this season and I mean then you know that that makes it even more complicated because it's like well where does Merrifield play if Biggio is going to play well where does I mean and then they obviously have two catchers they could DH one. It's like, well, now obviously it, there's one catcher that's not going to be playing guaranteed. Is Varsho's defense more important than Bichio's offense? Like it, there's just a lot of different things that they can do. And I mean, Kevin Kiermaier's out right now, but when he does come back, that'll just make it more complicated. But yeah, like it, you love to see this. I mean, obviously Espinal or not Espinal, uh, is kind of part of that, that three with Bichette and Guerrero. The other two have definitely established themselves as, as star players despite what I said about Vladdy earlier in the in the episode, but Bijou was like that one that never uh, amassed to the same, you know, like pr- level of, of, or the same, you know, prominence uh, with them, which, you know, it's not, yeah, like, it's, it's not a great thing, but, like, you look at what is he, what he's doing in this little stretch, and it's important. Like, you, you know that you now at least can rely on him for now, get you some wins, and... Mm, August is, I mean, it's not over yet, but August is going to start wrapping up soon. And then September hits, playoffs hit. If something like this, uh, you know, a player like this can help you win games, I think you put him in the lineup whenever you can. I'm not going to go that far. I think Biggio is perfect the way he is. Like, he should be a bench guy, a replacement guy. I don't think he should be getting a crazy amount of playing time. But yeah, the point stands that he's been actually pretty solid this season. I and mean, he's been doing it pretty quietly, but of course, now that he's had... A couple of bigger moments were starting to pay attention to him again. We talked about David Schneider. He was the surprise hero in Boston. And then after that series, I think they went to, I think it was Cleveland they went to. And Kevin Biggio became the surprise hero at the start of that series. So he's had his moments and he's been performing. I mean, over the season, he has 97 OPS plus. So a little bit below league average. And again, that's why I say like, don't have him in there every day. He shouldn't be getting regular playing time. But in the role he's in now, he's doing really good. And just compared to Santiago Espinal, kind of a similar role. Perhaps I would, you know, playing even more, right? Espinal is 173 at-bats. Okay, never mind. It's pretty simple. Uh, Espinal is 173. Uh, Biggio is 185. Um, but Espinal is a 67 OPS plus this season. So that just kind of gives you a sense of where these two are compared to each other. And so... Yeah, I think, like, if you were actually having this debate, uh, Biggio would win out, of course. Uh, I mean, it's looking like Schneider's going to be on his way down, unfortunately. But yeah, like, he'll get another shot in the majors. Uh, Rosters expand to 28 in basically two weeks. So the Blue Jays are going to have an extra two roster spots to uh, fiddle around with, whether they use that on someone like Manoa if they want to bring him back, whether they use that on someone like Schneider or different, I mean, like Chad Green's going to be in the conversation there. So a lot of different ways they can use those two spots, but one of those ways might be bringing back Schneider to the major league roster. Um, if they do indeed decide to send him down, because that's still up in the air, but I guess we'll find out 
in probably less than 24 hours, which brings us to our next point, Bo Bichette. Uh, we mentioned a little bit. He's on his way back. Uh, the Blue Jays need him back. They haven't been terrible since he's been gone. They're 8-7 in the time since he hit the injured list, but they need him. I mean, he is an offensive spark plug to end all offensive spark plugs. Like, they need this guy at the top of their lineup, setting the table, getting things done. Not to say the Blue Jays have been bad. They've actually been pretty good with runners in scoring position compared to the rest of the season over the last two weeks or so. But uh, just adding Bo Bichette to that mix is going to make them all that much better, especially when you have a lot of these guys who are hot right now, right? Whit Merrifield, Brandon Belt, George Springer. Vladdy's not hot, but he had a good game on Wednesday. He had a couple walks, so maybe you can take that as a silver lining. So if you're getting some of these pieces, adding Bo Bichette is only going to improve this offense even more. Uh, the other thing to talk about injury-wise was the return of Jordan Romano. He made his way back in this series. And for the first time, we saw the potential 1-2 punch or 1-3 punch or 1-4 punch or whoever you want to line up the bullpen that may be Jordan Romano and Jordan Hicks. Uh, this was in Tuesday's game when the Blue Jays win by one run. We have Kikuchi going six and then uh, Jimmy Garcia, Jordan Hicks, and Jordan Romano. Hicks and Romano combined for two innings, two perfect innings, along with five strikeouts. Five of the six outs they recorded were by the strikeout. Um, this is really exciting. I mean, like, we've been clamoring for another hard-throwing guy out of the bullpen for forever, and for a time, it was Nate Pearson. He stopped being effective. Now it is Jordan Hicks, right? He can hit 101, 102 with ease. And getting him in there as someone to set up Jordan Romano or someone to come in and put out fires or wherever you want to use him, it's really, really fun. And to see that those guys go 1-2 uh, and finish them off in a one-run game, that was incredible. And so I'm really excited to see what they have in store. And I mean, we talk about what this team might do in the postseason. And I think Jordan Hicks is a big part of that equation, that flame-throwing guy out of the bullpen. I don't think the Blue Jays make it as far in the playoffs. Uh, you know, trying to predict here, I don't think they make it as far in the playoffs without Jordan Hicks. And hopefully they make it far in the playoffs. So that was a really exciting moment to have those two guys back. Well, and also Trevor Richards, he'll be back soon from what I'm, yeah. uh, from what I'm hearing. So like you look at this and bullpen, Chad Green. Mm-hmm. yeah, too. So, I mean, unfortunately, Adam Simber's kind of been a, uh, uh, an X factor. I know that's kind of a random name to throw out here, but like he was the league leader in appearances last season and he's barely made any appearances this season. Um, obviously injuries have uh, gotten to him, but you look at this bullpen and it's like, it's good. Like, it's legitimately, objectively good. It's not like, oh, it's good for a Blue Jay bullpen. It's good for this time of year. No, like, it is... Like, you have... Obviously, Romano missed some time, but you had somebody who was uh, among the league leaders in saves who can easily throw 100. You have another guy that can throw 100. You, I mean, hopefully Nate Pearson is back soon. Another guy that can throw 100. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Meza, who barely gives up any runs ever. Yeah. Uh, like the names just keep going. Trevor Richards, his changeup's been dominant all season long. Eric Swanson's been dominant all season long. Like you throw, like you put that bullpen in a playoff series. I think it beats any, uh, any lineup. I really do like, yeah, it'll give up some runs here and there, but I am extremely confident that that lineup or that bullpen would just dominate any, any team. Um, and another thing we have to remember, like you're not going to use all five year starters, I mean, it gets complicated, but your rotation obviously gets broken up in the playoffs. You can then throw in a guy like Ryu or Bassett or like anybody. Like you just look at the um, the 
quality and the quantity of arms that this team has, like, how can you not feel confident going into a series? Like, yeah, your offense needs to perform a little bit better, but if they get a lead late into a playoff game, which, need I remind you, they had last season, uh, that slipped away. But I like you look at you look at these arms, and it just it feels as if this bullpen is you know it's one of the best that they've ever had. And I obviously, I'm not been around to witness you know all 40 whatever it's been years of Blue Jays existence but this is one of the best pitching staffs I think that they've ever had at least since I've started watching so you got to feel good I I mean I don't think that they're going to win the World Series this year but you have to feel confident going into the playoffs that this bullpen and even the starting rotation will take you deep yeah I mean looking at it right now they've got the fourth best bullpen ERA in baseball the Yankees actually surprisingly are number one who would have thought with the train wreck of a season that they're having? But yeah, I mean, this is a fantastic bullpen. Um, it's only going to get better with Chad Green and Trevor Richards. And I mean, like, yeah, you mentioned Adam Silver. I don't know what's going on with him, but maybe he factors into this down the line. Like, no, I was just going to say, like, he gets injured and then he just, they keep transferring him to like the 60, the 50, the 30, like all these different ILs. I'm like, yeah, geez, when are you coming back? Yeah, I don't know if he'll be back at some point I don't know what the latest update on him is but like yeah maybe you factor him in like if you've got the roster space maybe you bring Nate Pearson back like there are a lot of different names you can throw into this bullpen to just make it even better um and so like again going back to my original point like this is why I think this is a team that's built for the offense or built for the uh the postseason like I I really believe that this team regardless of regular season woes is kind of built for the postseason and so I mean, like, knock on wood, assuming they get there, it's going to be an exciting time to see this bullpen roll out there every day. And just to kind of close things off on that regard, let's give a little standings update. As things stand now, which are certainly going to change by the end of tonight and certainly going into tomorrow, uh, the Blue Jays are 7.5 back of Baltimore for the AL East lead. The Rays are only two games back, so they're still in the conversation there. The wild card, much more up for grabs. The Blue Jays are holding steady at the third spot in the wildcard race. Tampa Bay is in the first at five and a half games up. Houston is second at three games up. So the Blue Jays could be fighting with Houston, could be fighting with Seattle, who is fourth right now, one game out of the playoff spot, one game behind the Jays, and then Boston uh, three games back. So it's a tight race. There's room to move with those kind of four teams there. Um, it's uh, Every game matters at this point. Every game is more important than the last and so, uh, I don't know, it's it's exciting to watch every day. This series against Philly certainly had a playoff feel. Uh, I think this series against Cincinnati coming up will also have a playoff feel. And the reason for that is because Cincinnati is not a bad team. They had a, you know, they started this season really well. And so they're kind of carrying over the success from that. But they're at 63-59. They're only two and a half games back of this AL, of the NL Central lead. And as of right now, they are in a virtual tie for the third wildcard spot in the National League. So they are right there. They are fighting for every game, just as the Blue Jays are. And so I think this series is going to be a really fun one, uh, not least of which I'm excited to see Ellie De La Cruz in the lineup. And hopefully he doesn't do too much damage against the Blue Jays, but I can't wait to see him play ball. Um, so getting to series predictions, uh, Friday it's going to be Jose Brios against what looks to be Brett Kennedy for the Cincinnati Reds. Saturday, it's going to be Chris Bassett against Brandon Williamson. And Sunday, it's going to be Hinjin Ryu against uh, Hunter Green, former Jacob uh, fantasy baseball pick. Um, We're not going to talk about that whole debacle. Do you say the Reds win that game? What are you saying? What's your serious prediction? 
Uh, well, before we say that, I just want to say one thing quickly. I I think it was John Schneider sometime earlier this week said it's too early to scoreboard watch. That's a hard disagree. Like you look at how tightly packed, uh, how tightly packed this is. Blue Jays have a half game lead in the wild card. Like this is, I would say it's like you have to scoreboard watch at this point. Like you look at the amount of games left that you have, the amount of teams fighting for really your spot in the playoffs right now. Like even with the Rays falling off, like it's uh it's 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 gonna be a fun uh last like six seven weeks of the season but uh anyways in terms of this series um like you said yeah another like not playoff preview but like playoff style series uh i'd say the blue jays take two of three lose the chris bassett game um hunter green's coming back from the injured list too like let's not forget like he's this is his first start back um so we I, I mean i feel like that's more of a coin flip than people realize but uh yeah i would say they take two of three lose that chris bassett start and then hopefully the rays not the rays the uh the uh, mariners don't win any games because you look at like they won today blue jays need to keep that gap uh as as far as they can yeah it's uh it's getting narrow all these games matter um i don't know i have faith in jose brios uh I think I have more faith in Chris Bassett than I do in Hinge and Ryu. So I'm going to go two and one like you, but I say they win Friday, they win Saturday. And unfortunately they lose on Sunday with Hunter Green on the mound. Uh, we don't have a prediction from Bryson. We'll get one before the series start, put it in the spreadsheet. Um, as things stand now, Bryson is still in the lead, 56 points. I'm still in second, 53 points. And Jacob, unfortunately... You are still trailing at 38 points. Uh, not looking good for you back there. Um, but on that positive note, uh, positive for me, maybe not for you, we will wrap up there. As always, thank you to listening. Uh, you can support our podcast and find everything to do with our podcast at the links below this episode. We have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have TikTok, we have YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube, we have everything else. We have Spotify. We have Apple Podcast. Anywhere you want to find our podcast. Um, and you can support our podcast at Buy Us a Coffee. And you can join our Discord, which the link is also below this episode. Uh, three games against the Cincinnati Reds and Ellie De La Cruz. Looking forward to it. We'll catch you next time.